is the one and only Matt Castro. And if Matt's here, then chances are we're talking about something James Bond related. You know what we're talking about <laughs> if I'm here. It's not going to be Marvel ever again. Yeah. Probably. Well, <laughs> well, maybe we'll, we'll see. see. Maybe, we uh, can, maybe we can lure you in with some cocktails or something. But That'll probably work. Yeah. But um, So No Time to Die has premiered as we speak. Well, probably earlier today in London, right? It premiered, it premiered earlier today, but it was just like the... You know, the VIP premiere. Yeah. It comes out, I think, Wednesday. So with time difference, sometime tomorrow, it'll yeah. be out in London. Right. Yeah. We're avoiding spoilers like all hell, other than probably what we've seen in trailers. And I don't even think I've read anything on this. I've seen trailers. Um, it, it, well, it's funny. So when, when the movie was first supposed to come out back in you know, late 2019, early 2020, they had, they put they did put out some magazines and I bought them and I said, I wouldn't read them until after like, you know, entertainment weekly and stuff like that. So I still have those sitting on my, uh, on my shelf, just waiting for the movie to come out. I'll read those. So other than trailers and a couple of stills, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So the idea behind this podcast, and we kind of just came up with this idea off the cuff a couple days ago. Um, and that is to, first of all, kind of rehash Spectre, mm-hmm. which we both just watched again last night. We talked about it um, on another podcast months ago. But being that this is the last Bond film, and it's a, the, No Time to Die is a direct sequel to this, and then this is this is this this is the final installment for Daniel Craig. Like he's he said that multiple times. They've been very clear. That this is this is it. Mm-hmm. There's been no question. He's not going to pull a Roger. He's not going to hold out for more money. Because yeah. clearly, if he wanted more money, they just give him more money. Um, so I think he's he's really done. Yeah. My my question, and as we'll we'll talk about this, I probably later. But how much No Time to Die will actually be a sequel to Spectre? I'm a little more skeptical now than I was. I think they're they're definitely they definitely tie together because we know Madeline's one still well, in the Blofeld's in it too. Blofeld's in it. But I'm wondering how much that's going to take up of the story. I don't know. And I think that's, in some respects, the concern with this, right? Sure. Because obviously, if this is, for all in, for all intents and purposes, this is the Avengers Endgame of this saga, right? Yeah, of the Craig. Of the, but you know what? I'd compare it more to. I'd compare it more to the Skywalker saga. In that it wasn't supposed to be a saga. Sure. And then at the last minute, they were like, actually, it's the Craig saga. Right. Because Bonds have never been like this before. There it was never like, you know, a view to a kill wasn't like the dramatic ending to the Roger Moore saga. No. It was old man Bond and his geriatric friends go to a horse race. Still doing what Bond does. Still doing what Bond does. Still sleeping with uh, uh, far too young women. Yeah. Uh, fighting a crazy villain. And then it was over. And then they just moved on. So, I you know, goes without saying, the Marvel Universe has really influenced Bond and every franchise for that matter yeah well every yeah every franchise for that matter for sure um well you know I guess we're gonna talk about Spectre but like the worst part of Spectre is that they tried to retcon everything and tie it all together I, I we talked to... about that with in the last <laughs> podcast but it's like so now they've put themselves in this position where in no time to die they almost have to make it like an end game they have to wrap it up I, I gotta say something else too so my job, I, I'm on the road a lot, so I'm listening to this podcast or whatever. Um, and I was listening to these guys break down Skyfall. And before that, I had listened to, which if you haven't heard, go back and listen to our um, ranking of the Bond films up to uh, No Time to Die. 
So obviously, these next few episodes are going to be pretty heavy Bond for the most part. Oh yeah. But um, you ranked Skyfall, and you said it's the best Batman James Bond movie ever. Yes, I stand by that. And, okay, so as these guys are breaking all this down, yeah. Apparently, Sam Mendes had made comments that because of the Dark Knight, I was able to take James Bond in this direction. And he pretty much basically said, I ripped off a lot of shit from Christopher Nolan. Were you watching Mr. Sunday Movies? Yes. Yep, I heard, I saw that too. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. And it, well, and, it, and it's, it, yeah, and I had, I swear I had never heard that quote before, but it was just so obvious. I yeah. mean, it was the same, it's a Batman Bond film. It's the same plot. You get the Joker, Javier Bardem being captured, yeah. intentionally, whatever. There's a little bit of, of there's a little bit of Nolan Batman and Spectre too. What? What's funny about Mr. Sunday, that caravan of garbage show is usually for shit movies. Yeah. I didn't listen to the, the rest of it, so I don't I think his partner Mason was shitting on it more than him. He was, yes. I listened to the whole thing. Skyfall was my number two I know. film of all time. But see, I think they felt like Skyfall a little bit like I and I like Skyfall I think more than they did, or at least more than one of them did. It was still a top ten movie for both of us. For both of us it was in the top ten. For you it was a lot higher. I've come around on it. I've I've come to just enjoy it for what it is. Um I understand why people think Skyfall is a little overrated, and I can definitely understand the it's a Batman movie comparison because yeah. it's, it's just there's so much Nolan Batman in there. Yeah. yeah. So. So. And a little, a little bit Inspector too. So we get yeah we get yeah. Inspector. Now this is not a top ten movie for either one of us. No, and it still is not. It's kind of middling. Yeah, it was, for me it was like middle, sort of lower middle. Yeah, yeah, I think I was a little bit higher on it if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I want to say you had this like. I could be dead wrong, but like 17, dude. I think 17's about right. Yeah. yeah 16, I, 17, something like that. I may have had it like 11 or 12, somewhere okay. around there. Um, so, yes, there, there are some definitely definite Nolan um, influences in Spectre. Mm -hmm. But we agree on this part with Spectre, and, and it's no different from last night's viewing as well. The, this movie's very good to a certain point. It's great yeah. for a while. And I, I will say, with last night's viewing... Maybe it's because, you know, the new film comes out next week and I'm really excited. I'm all bonded up right now. Sure. Um, I really enjoyed it last night. Even yeah. the even the ending, which is not great, I still found stuff that I really enjoyed in it that I could just kind of focus on. So I might have moved it up my rankings a little bit last night. I don't know. My rankings are fluid. I didn't finish fluid. it last night. Oh, you didn't finish no, it? No, because okay. it was getting late and I was like, you know what? This is the this is where it really starts. Like, yeah. Well, there's a certain point. So maybe maybe we should get to that right now. Sure, let's just talk about it. At that. what point for you does it jump the shark? The, there's a very specific moment for me. The, the the opening is great. There's a bunch of really cool Bond stuff, great scenes. The moment that Bond, ha he has the Spectre ring and he's in the mountains and he gives it to Q and Q puts it in this like magic tray on his laptop. And then because Q has the Spectre ring on the magic tray, that automatically proves that Spectre's real, Blofeld's real, all of the Bond villains, only the four Bond villains, by the way, that's such a stupid thing. That's like, oh, only Daniel's four villains that we've seen in film come up on like on this ring somehow using some sort of weird combination of like fingerprint and DNA analysis. And that just immediately proves that Spectre's real and all these people are connected. And it's like, what? There's a lot of logical leaps in the history of Bond, but that might be the biggest one. It just, it makes absolutely no sense. And after that point in the movie, there's stuff that I still like. There's scenes that I really like, but that's kind of the moment where it's it's like the film's going well, and then it just takes a hard right turn into craziness. 
I am 100% on the same fucking really? wavelength. Really? Same one? Yep. Great. Absolutely. Uh, there are moments that are great. I, I do like the airplane scene going down the hill. It's a good chase scene, yeah. That part, though, makes no sense. Silva working for Spectre makes zero sense. I choose to ignore that. Yeah. Because it makes Silva's character worse. He's supposed to be just this random... It's a personal terrorist. story with him and M. Yeah, he just wants revenge on M. That's and he all, has, that's it. he has a vendetta against James because James is like the new chosen one. Right. Now it's, oh, I'm working for fucking Blofeld, and I'm, Blofeld did all this shit, and... Yeah, Spectre financed me or whatever. It right. Makes, makes n- but again... By, 2015, by 2013, I guess, when this went into production, Marvel was... I guess that makes sense. That would have been the year after the Avengers. It's kind of wild how far back this goes, actually. Mm-hmm. So that would have been the year after the first Avengers. It was the hottest thing in Hollywood, and Bond looked at it, and they were like, oh, well, we connected Casino and Quantum. Skyfall was its own thing. Now let's connect all of them, because that's what everybody likes now. So, And, uh, you know, I, Spectre's... I still don't think Spectre's bad at all. It's got a lot of good stuff in it, but boy, that is just the worst... The worst clunkiest retcon. Okay, so yeah, it's interesting we had the same moment, but it is, it is it is such an insane, like plot hole or plot leap, I guess. Well, you know, and then like this call falls into some of the spy tropes, especially at the time that were very popular, which is spies going rogue. Yeah. So Bond is rogue again, and uh, <laughs> the whole storyline with M, you know, mailing him this letter. You know that you're you're supposed to go kill this guy in Mexico, and then show up at his funeral three days later. It just makes no fucking sense. So that was something that I was thinking about this whole movie. the the plot The actual plot of this movie is not a bad James Bond plot. It's Spectre is staging terrorist attacks around the world to force countries into this uh, intelligence sharing mega thing that Spectre secretly financed. So when yeah. they all agree to do this, Spectre will secretly take control of the world's intelligence. That's a pretty good plot. But they ignore that plot for like almost the whole movie. And through most of the movie, Bond doesn't even know what he's after this guy for. He's I'm just gonna, after him. I'm going to have to look up when Winter Soldier came out. Okay. This is a very similar plot to Winter Soldier. I think Winter Soldier was like 2014. Okay. Let me look that up and see if I'm right. So it was yeah. before this. You, you, I think you're right. I think that is, that's correct. But... um. Very similar plot, which I told Matt. We'll, 2014. We will go down that rabbit hole at some point. Um, I know you're done with the Thors and all that, but Winter I'll, Soldier's worth checking out. I'll be drunk. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Like, M gave no indication whatsoever of like any of this building in Skyfall. No, none. And then all of a sudden, it's like, in case I die... Do this. Kill this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was also a little annoying that M is gone. They gave her a great send-off in in Skyfall. But then immediately in Spectre, they kind of bring her back for like five seconds. They should have just should have been clean cut. Ray Fines is the new M. You could have done this exact same story, you could have done the exact same plot in a more classic Bond sense where it's like, Bond, we think we think all these terrorist attacks are connected. Go and investigate and find out who's behind them all. And then he finds Spectre. You, that would have been way more interesting. You could have even had Ralph Fiennes as as the new M mm-hmm. giving this mission to Bond kind of on the down low, right? Sure. Um, and still have that conflict with C, mm-hmm. who we talked about this. As soon as he comes on screen, you immediately know he's a bad guy. Oh, sure. Well, I think, I think Andrew Scott is the name of the actor and he plays, he's a villain in like everything he does. He's a sleazeball. So, of, like, of course he's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. you could have you could have done, uh, you know, M suspects C of being not on the level. Bond, we think there's something going on here. Go investigate. Yeah. Figure it out. And then he stumbles into Spectre. Right. And then 
in my perfect movie, they're not half brothers or whatever they are. We get no. rid of that whole no. thing. That's one of my that's my first prediction for for No Time to Die. I don't think we're gonna hear anything about that. I think they're just gonna they're just gonna leave that in the past. Well, I mean, they they kind of make it like okay, James lost his family. Blofeld's family took James in, mm-hmm. and he's to treat him as a brother. Correct. But it's still, like... It's confusingly written. So, when he goes to that party, you know, I thought the introduction to Blofeld was pretty menacing. That was great. They they respect this guy. You know, I, I thought, obviously, uh, where we first see him in from... Russia with love, right? In the original, Blofeld? yeah. In the yeah, for, we first see Blofeld in from Russia with love. Okay, yeah. I thought they did that better. Um, yeah, but this is still really good. And at this point, I'm still buying into Christoph Waltz because the guy's a fucking fantastic actor. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Um, you know, and then he's like, all these years, uh, welcome, James, and he looks at the thing, and there's a great chase that takes place after this. I love this chase. This chase gets a lot of flack from fans. I think it's a fine car chase. It's scenic. It's in Rome. Um, there's two really cool cars. Uh, they don't. I guess they don't do a lot. But they were also. They were. I think we mentioned this in the podcast. They were concept cars, so they couldn't do much with them. Um, and it's also a bit of you know. It's also a scene for dialogue. Bond's talking to Money Penny at the same time. But I think it's a great. It's a good chase. We're still on solid ground here. Oh, let's let's backtrack real quick though. One thing I forgot to mention. So, well, actually, let's start at the beginning with the Mexico City shit. Mm-hmm. I thought this was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like these big swo- uh, sweeping shots of this festival going on. There's an ode to um, Live and Let Die, Live and Let Die with oh, yeah. Daniel Craig's costume. Um, uh, the, the whole helicopter thing is very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got our opening credit scene, which I think we discussed the song is kind of... I don't know. It's middling. The song is okay for me. It's the graphics not, are fantastic. Though. The graphics are really cool. Yeah. I like. Okay, but another annoying thing is they tried to do this bait and switch with with Blofeld or with Christoph Waltz's character, where they were like insisting he's not Blofeld. He's not Blofeld. He's Oberhauser, and everyone at the time knew he was Blofeld because just like Andrew Scott, Christoph Waltz is a bad guy in every single thing he does. So it's like, well, obviously he's Blofeld. Yeah. And then as soon as the credits start, the first image we get is of Christoph Waltz's head on top of an octopus over a table. And it's like, well, we know <laughs> we know what's going on here, obviously. Like, why did we do this stupid bait and switch? Yeah. It's dumb. Um, and so then Bond goes to this funeral where, we we're, again, we're kind of building to the reveal. And then um, there's some classic Bond here. I have to just – I have to gush over the whole Rome scene. I, I – I think Daniel looks great. He's in a great black suit. He's got an Aston Martin. He's driving through Rome. Uh, Monica Bellucci is spectacular. Yeah. Then we, you know, from the funeral, he he sees Blofeld at the funeral and your Oberhauser at the funeral. Kind of recognizes him, moves away, and you know, sort of wants to hook up with Skiara's wife, the guy that he killed. Right. And that whole scene is gorgeous. It kind of moves through her. She's got like a large villa. Um, she's preparing to die, and Bond kind of rocks up and. Saves her. Kills, kills her assassins and then proceeds to, you know, seduce her to pump her for information. Literally. Literally. <laughs> As Money Penny would say. Um, it's a great scene. It, that's like All of this so far is fantastic. At this point, we are firmly in a top 10 Bond film. Yeah. We haven't gone off the rails yet. I like this score piece right here. The score's really good. This is from Spectre. This is called A Place Without Mercy. 
This is the car chase scene we're right. just talking about. Uh, I thought it was a very the whole score is a very good accompanying piece to the film. It is, yes. Um, yeah. So from here, uh, he goes to find Mr. White, right? Correct, because they, they you know they do a little chase. They figure out who. Spectre is hunting. It's Mr. White, and he goes and finds Mr. White. Mr. White is dying from thallium poisoning. Right. Yeah, and looks terrible. Right, and I think he does a fantastic job in this. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah. Um, so then we go to where he meets Mr. White's daughter, which is, what's her name? Uh, Madeline Swan. Madeline Swan. Yeah, is the is her name. I, I have to mention something because it didn't strike me until this movie. But I don't think I like her character, and I don't think I like their relationship. I don't. Because it's so clearly... He's into her because he's into every woman with a pulse, and some who don't have pulses anymore. And she's into him because she very clearly has daddy issues. He's much older. She's like The actress was like 26 when they made this movie. She was very young. He's almost twice her age, uh, and is very clearly like a substitute for her father, also yeah. an assassin. Uh, lives his dark life, so she's attracted him for all the wrong reasons. It's it's not great, and that's another thing I hope they kind of address in No Time to Die. Yeah, and then again, kind of where she joins the film is where this movie starts to go downhill. Yeah, and it's like we go back to um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and we buy that this woman is the one who can kind of pull James away from all this. Oh yeah, um, there's great chemistry. Uh, and you just you buy that this is really going to happen. Mm-hmm. With this, you don't. You never buy it. Uh, and then, like, there's no uh, passage of time, and and no. a, a, a building of the relationship. It's like they meet for a day and a half, and now they're madly in love. It just it doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it, like in Honor, Majesty's Secret Service, we get a literal falling in love montage. Yeah, something that we've never gotten in Bond before. Character but progression, like yeah. there's no tomorrow. But presumably they're together for like months. Absolutely. Yeah. And with this, that's that's not the case here. Even in um, even in Casino Royale with Vesper, who's supposed to be Daniel's like big you love. Buy that too. You buy that too because they go through some things together. They start by hating each other. I mean, she's in the movie from you know like the early middle. They're they're together for the whole time. Um, they have you know have adventures together. There's and chemistry too. There's well that helps too. The actors have really good chemistry. With I don't each feel other. like there is chemistry between Craig and, and this woman. There's no chemistry between them at all. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and like even with the, with Vesper again, there's that passage of time thing where after the after the card game, after Daniel gets his his uh, balls bashed in, right? She spends oh. the whole time with him recovering, which presumably would take a long time. Right. Then they go off on some adventure together. Then the end of the movie happens. So. They, they rush this, but the, the overall, all the stylish stuff in this movie, the chases, the action set pieces, da, you know, Daniel being cool, that's all great. It's the story where really, the scripting just really falls down. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so they finally end up going to uh, Blofeld's base, and they want to tease you that this is going to be another volcano lair. Yeah. As you're approaching. Yeah. Then you get there, and we've talked about this last time. It's Palm Springs, California. It's Palm Springs. It's literally Palm Springs. <laughs> it's just it's just Palm Springs. I mean, they just wanted a vacation. I don't know. The the base is so bland, and it's like, yeah. that's not a fucking villain lair. It's also just a it's a waste. Oh, we, we should mention there's a killer train fight right before this. We get a good train. You're right on that. We get yeah. a good. That's to me. That's the last actual good scene in the movie. We get the train. Yeah. Fight. It's not even a great scene, but it's a good fight. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, we're, so we're, we go to a lair. Uh, to me, the perfect climax of this film would have been, you know, it all ends in that lair with some sort of big, you know, maybe M defeats C back home, and he's like, all right, I'm in charge again. Send in the Marines to get, to get Bond. And then we get a big, like, British Royal Navy versus... Spectre agents. It's Skyfall. Old school thing. Look at that shit. Silva had a whole island, dude. Yeah, exactly. It was really cool. He had a lair. Yeah. Yeah, and this was Casino have... Royale didn't call for it. Casino Royale didn't need it. That was its yeah. own thing. Right. Quantum kind of had that. They had that, like, weird hotel in the middle of the desert. It wasn't great, but it was at least something you kind of remember. Yeah. Uh, this is just... It's almost... Yeah, it's almost a fake-out. It's like, oh, we're going to get some lair. Yeah. And it's just a building. Yeah. With a meteor. And you're not expecting that from a guy like Blofeld, you know? No, you're expecting him to be in something weird. Uh, Christoph was you didn't watch the end of this last night. I, I I was a little bit warmer to Christoph Waltz's performance last night than I had been in the past. And mm-hmm. again, I could just be in a good mood right now. Um, but he still you could still he clearly you could tell he didn't get really good direction. Um, you know, apparently Sam Mendes did not want to do this film at all. They just lured him back with money, and by the end of production, he and Daniel Craig were apparently fighting so bad people thought it was going to come to like actual. Like actual fighting? Christopher Nolan was supposed to direct this film. Was he? Yeah. I that mean, would have been better. They were heavily courting him for this. Oh, that would have been much, much better. So. Because uh, I, I, you really get the sense that Sam Mendes checked out halfway through this. It's The actors are completely rudderless, and Christoph Waltz, chief amongst them, he's just. I feel like they just told him, I don't know, be, be Blofeld. You know, whatever. <laughs> just, do, just do you. Yeah. You know what you're doing. You're creepy. Um, yeah, you know, and then. Oh, I'm the author of all your pain, James. All these guys. This was me. This was me. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here, dude? Yeah. I, I just... They retcon Quantum like we talked about. They, ret, they retcon Quantum. They retcon Skyfall. It, 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 it. Okay, so I listened really hard to the dialogue last night. It helped that I wasn't drinking. And the thing is, you can tell what they were trying to do. Because what a lot of people took this to mean was that... Blofeld became Blofeld because he had a vendetta against Bond. And that's actually not what he says. What he says is, you know, I did this and then you somehow messed with my life. So I wanted to destroy yours. So it wasn't that Blofeld became this criminal mastermind to get back at James Bond. He just became a criminal. James Bond became a policeman and their paths happened to cross. Right. But it's not written very well and it's really confusing. I, I couldn't agree more, dude. And then the whole drilling into the skull thing where, oh, if I hit right here, you're not going to remember anything. And then he just gets out of the thing and there's no consequences to it. I did see, I did hear somebody say that like that makes sense because there's nothing that drill could do that 30 years of STDs and gin couldn't have already done to his brain. <laughs> and getting hit in the head. <laughs> yeah, getting hit in the head constantly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. there's something about that torture scene that I just – hate it might be my least favorite scene in the movie it it's it's uncomfortable but it's also not that menacing yeah i don't like how it's lit it's so bright uh christoph waltz's performance isn't good and that's when leah Seydoux's character randomly tells james she loves him right and it's just it's all just it's so off like you can compare this directly to the casino royale torture scene that torture scene is brutal right it's simple the dialogue's great the performances are great like you can feel how bad that torture would be with this one it's just it's just weird then you know at the end of this we find out that c is working for blofeld they're trying to get the helicarrier super surveillance thing online they may or may not have q's hacking into a computer yeah and 
Uh, there's a fun house at the end, like it's like straight out of the Dark Knight it's with straight, the Joker and it's Joker stuff. Yeah, yeah there, there's even like the at the end. You gotta make a decision. Oh, it's 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 literally the Joker thing from the Dark Knight where he has the bombs on the two different boats and yes. it's like blowing up. Yes, um, and then Harvey Dent and uh, Rachel are these oh, addresses, yeah. and he's got to pick one. Oh, that's he tries right. to go to Rachel, but it's Harvey Dent instead. But so it's it's literally the. Dark they way. went the Batman and Robin route with this, though, or I mean, sorry, the Batman Forever route, where the Riddler says you can either can save Robin, oh. or chase Meridian, drops them both, and of course he saves them both, and he just saves them both. And that's what happens in right. this because there's no emotional stakes in those movies, <laughs> whereas Nolan understood emotional stakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like that's a really good point. I mean, that's a pretty fair comparison to the end of this movie because it is pretty weird and silly there's even like along the walls he's blofeld has put up pictures of vesper m silva lachif but the funny thing is they're not pictures of them they're the actors headshots from the movie and they're just up and i'm like who who thought this was a surely a producer walked by and was like no 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 no, no. we're not doing this yeah but nope weird weird ending weird ending to a pretty good movie well and then, so Blofeld is trying to get away. Bond was he's a helicopter, right? And Bond shoots him down. Blofeld is in this like luxury police helicopter, which is well, what it it, it, it none of this matters. Um, uh, Blofeld blows up the building. Bond escapes with Madeline in a boat underneath. And shoots a, him with a silent PP7. In a whole lot of CGI, he escapes yeah. in this boat, uh, and then yeah, takes down the helicopter with his with his Walter PPK, which. Honestly, this really bugs people. This is not one of the things that bugs me all that much. It's really stupid. It would never happen. One thing that I did notice, and this last scene made me think about it, Bond is shooting his gun into a helicopter, but this helicopter is over London, which means there are bullets that are just raining down on London right now. And one thing I noticed throughout this film last night, maybe for the first time, is that Bond in this movie, it's a silly movie, but Bond is like fully rampaging through this whole thing. He blows up multiple buildings. He kills people with reckless abandon. Like he is a he is a real nutter in this in this movie. Even Blofeld at the end when he when he finds him in MI6, he no quips, no talking, no arresting, just fires six shots straight at him. His intention was just murder him immediately. Bond is completely rampaging in this film. I like how when he arrives at Blofeld's uh, uh, base, Blofeld's like, "Why did you come here, James?" And he's just like, "I came here to kill you." Yeah, like just. Like flat delivery, you know. Yeah, um, and and again, at this point in the movie, he doesn't really know why he wants to kill Blofeld. He just knows he does. Bond doesn't really know what Spectre is. It's never Blo- really explained. Blofeld gives uh, the uh, the Goldfinger line. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you came here to die. It's basically the Goldfinger <laughs> line. And then Bond slightly says, changed, but slightly changed. But that's clearly what they were going for. Oh yeah, clearly. Um. Bond doesn't ask a lot of questions in this movie. You're right. Spectre's not uh, described. No, he has no idea what he, he has no idea. What he doesn't even know what it stands for. No, no idea. It's never mentioned. Do you know what it stands for? I do. Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, oh, and Extortion. Yeah, I'm gonna get fucking smoked in this trivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's weird because at the end, Bond says the line at the end that I basically said of what the plot is. He literally spells out the plot. He's like, "Oh, it's not that complicated. What you're doing, you're creating a bunch of terrorist attacks to hack into this." intelligence network that you created it's not that complicated and it's like how would you know that you haven't been in london this whole time you haven't been talking to anybody how do you know what's going on here you went rogue and stopped talking to m yeah and now you know what the plot is yeah. like what 
That line was thrown in there because they had to remind people what the plot was because nobody had any idea. Yeah. And then it ends with Blofeld doesn't get killed. Bond throws his gun down and leaves with Madeline. Yes, which I don't like that ending because, I, you know, classically Blofeld always gets away. It would have been better if Blofeld just got away. Right. If you're going to do Blofeld, you don't end the movie with him being arrested on a bridge looking weak. You end the movie with him getting away and Bond, you know, living to fight another day. He wants to drive off with the girl, you know, fine. So, those are kind of our thoughts on Spectre. As we go into No Time to Die, um, we have a different director this time. It is... Harry Joji Fukunaga. Yeah. Which, I don't really know what he's done. Uh, not that much. He's done a movie called Beast of No Nation. And uh, he did the first season of True Detective, which was apparently incredible. Okay. Uh, and a few other things that I'm not, I'm not super familiar with him. He's the first American Bond director. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I see. I I, I kind of like. We haven't seen the movie yet, but I, I have higher hopes for him because one of my problems with the Sam Mendes movies is they're so over the top stylized, and that's what a director like Sam Mendes brings to that because he's been around for so long, Oscar-winning director. He's got his own vision. It's kind of why I was always uncomfortable with a Nolan Bond, too, because it's like, well, are we just going to get a Nolan movie that's also a Bond film? Um, but a guy like Kerry Fukunaga doesn't have that history. He's relatively young, and he seems more of like the type of guy who will just set out to direct a good Bond film rather than a good Kerry Fukunaga film. I hope. I don't feel like this is a great Bond song. Well, neither do I. I don't think <laughs> anybody thinks that. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a very sleepy. The villain in this is played by um, Rami uh, Malik, who did. I guess he's most famous for Freddie Mercury in yeah. the, the Queen movie. Yeah. But he did a great job. Uh, he's a good actor. Yeah, he was Mr. Robot too. That's kind of probably his biggest yeah. thing. Wasn't he a? I want to say he was a superhero villain of some kind too, but I might be getting mixed up with someone. Anyhow, I'm not sure. I, he's another one that I'm actually not super familiar with. Uh, I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff. He's got a scarred up face. Which I love. Which know? is classic throwback to Bond villains. Look, just from the trailers... Well, okay, one thing about this movie. I don't know what to expect from this movie, like, at all. Because I think we've had four different trailers now, and there's been, like, four different tones to each of the trailer. And so I don't know what, what direction they're going in, but it does look like we're going to get some more classic Bond. I agree. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this. Definitely some more gadgets. Yeah, which, so... Not a ton of those in these movies. Not not a ton at all. You get a radio in Skyfall and a, an exploding watch in Spectre, and that's about it. And a gimmicked car, but which, I mean... Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, he, which barely works. Right. Um, I did I did see an interview the other day with Daniel where he, he just let slip that he was... They, they were saying that, you know, oh, in your Bond films, you don't do a lot of gadgets or a lot of the classic stuff, and he just kind of went, oh, well, wait till you see this one. So he, and he said something like, "We we really just let it fly." That and makes me so happy. Me too. <laughs> me too. Because you know, one of the reasons I like I talked about this in the last one, but one of the reasons I like Spectre so much originally was when I went to see it in theaters. I was like, "Oh, thank God, we finally got a classic Bond film." Is it perfect? No, it's got problems, a lot of problems. But at least it's us. It's a fun, silly Bond film. Daniel's acting like Roger Moore. It's really weird. I this is this is what I want out of my Bond movies. And if they're gonna if they're gonna let it fly for this one for Daniel's last, I think that's great. We don't know much about the villain. Um, 
I think there's clearly some ties to Madeline in this. Yeah. And maybe Spectre, because it looks like Blofeld is kind of playing the role of Hannibal Lecter in this. He's, he's Hannibal Lectoring it up from the looks from the trailers. I mean, yeah. he's, he, they bring him. He's he's in jail, and they bring him out to talk to Bond. Madeline Swan is in it, and they lead you to believe that she is connected to them somehow. Well, we know she's connected to Spectre because her father was Mr. White, who was in Spectre. Right. So we know she's connected to them somehow. So so presumably, you know, my guess is the launching point for the plot is going to be Madeline Swan. Bond finds out something about Madeline Swan, and that sends him down some road. She says something. it in the trailer. You have no idea what you're yeah. getting into. Which is almost the exact same thing she said in the last movie, too. It's like, no, at this point, he really does know what he's getting into. Who's been around the block? I wonder if she meets an early grave in the early in, the, early in this film. If I was going to bet money on it, I'd say she meets an early grave. In the you haven't seen any of the Bourne movies, right? Uh, yeah, I saw the first one, but like when it came out. You so I see the don't, second one then. No, I don't remember much of it. All right, well... I'll spoil this for you. That's fine. But anyhow, so he he meets this chick in in the movie. They they have some you know adventures together. They end up falling in love. So now they're on the run and hiding in the second one. Well, she fucking dies like almost immediately. Yeah. In the second movie. So. Well, that was originally the plan for On Her Majesty's and Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, originally, Tracy was gonna live at the end of On Her Majesty's, and then the very first scene in Diamonds Are Forever was gonna be. I love this song. The very first scene was gonna be. Uh, she dies in Diamonds Are Forever, and that's what kicks off the plot. If I was going to guess, I'd say that's probably what's going to happen in this movie. I'm listening to a few of the songs from the score, which Hans Zimmer did, mm -hmm. and I'm shocked. Me too. Because I'm expecting... Yeah, we're expecting... That's what we expect from all the Zimmer was I was... Okay, so I was in Vegas this weekend when these songs dropped, and I, they dropped at night, or I saw them at night, which means I was a little saucy. And I was in my room, threw my headphones on really quick, listened to them, and I was just like, what? <laughs> I, I, this is not what I was expecting at all. They're, they're gorgeous. And yeah. maybe the rest of the tracks won't, won't be like that, or maybe they're putting out the, the best three. But, I mean, that alone is, is pretty surprising. Yeah, definitely. Um, beautiful. So, we talked about, can they correct some of the problems we have with Spectre? And what can they do to, to fix these problems? Now you mentioned maybe just not mention any of this shit at all. Well, I think if there's <laughs> if there's one thing I think they just won't mention at all, it's the brother thing because you can just you can forget that you can just ignore it. You can sure. just Bond can call him Blofeld because presumably we don't know, but presumably the time lap of the movie will be the or the time lap in the movie will be the same as outside the movie. So yeah. ostensibly it'll be they've been together for years. Blofeld's right. been in jail for years, so maybe at this point he's just Blofeld. We can forget about the Oberhauser thing and move on. They do need to fix some of the relationship stuff with Bond and Madeline. They need to build that up a little bit better in this or, or portray it a little bit better. Um, if I was going to take a guess, what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to course correct some of the problems, downplay some of the issues, and kind of move on a little bit. Well, I guess we should address the elephant in the room, too. So early on, there was a lot of speculation that oh, they were yes. going to do a gender transfer and the next Bond was going to be a woman. Mm -hmm. And then they said, no, she's just the next 007. Um, to be clear, it was never Eon Productions saying these things. It was essentially film press yes. taking things and blowing it out of proportion for clicks. Trying to make this like a feminist movie. Sure. Uh, 
like we talked about, to yeah. get the man babies in their basements to cry. Well, that's the thing is 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 outlets, especially the British film press, is notoriously awful. And they know that if they write these articles where they're like, oh, Lashana Lynch, is she the next 007? Um, you know, it gets two people to click. It gets the feminists who are thrilled to click, and it gets the people who are mad to click. And so it's good for their business. So Eon, was, Eon never said the next Bond is going to be a woman. And in fact, 30 times just this week, uh, Barbara Broccoli has said, Bond is a male character. That's not changing. This, the, Bond is a male character. The end. Now, Daniel said it. You and I both fall on the same wavelength with this. And it's got nothing to do with like putting a man or a woman in a role. But this is an established character. So I'd like to see that continue. But if they sure. wanted to do a better attempt at like a, a Jinx. Because oh. I know they were going to do a spinoff with Jinx. They were going to do it with Jinx and they were going to do it with Michelle Yeoh from Tomorrow Never Dies. Like this idea has been kicked around for a long time now. Right. So I think it would be best... Um, uh, to make this say if she may start this movie as the next 007 because mm-hmm. Bond is gone he's retired so they have to replace the 00 you know the 007 moniker with somebody sure whether he comes back and, and takes over or if they truly make this like a swan song and they're gonna reboot the whole franchise mm-hmm. I don't know yeah we nobody knows like the path here but they could easily make this her 008 and have a spin-off movie and I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. But I, I that'd be it'd be fine. Just keep Bond the way Bond is meant to be. The other I thing mean, that people get confused is that 007 is not the character. James Bond is the character. Correct. So she can have the mantle of 007 and not be James Bond. It can be two different things. Absolutely right. And you can have both characters in the same film. Yeah. And if you're going to do a spin-off, yeah, she goes off and is, you know, she gets reassigned to be 008 or whatever and you do yeah. that spin-off. Um it feels like they're setting that up. It really feels like they're setting that up. And that's um, fine. Totally fine. I mean, expanding the franchise at this point, I think, would be a pretty good idea. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to maintain your fan base over time putting out one movie every three to four years. We, so having some more stuff in that universe might not be a bad idea. Yeah, we need a Bond cinematic universe. Uh, well, <laughs> we can go that far. But that sounds like something that would give me a huge headache. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I, 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 don't, I don't think... We can say with 99.9% certainty the next James Bond's not going to be a woman. Eon has said it. Daniel has said it. It seems pretty settled. What is Anna de Armas' role in this? Do we know? Her name is... I got it right here. I forget. Paloma? Paloma, that's it. Um, is she the Bond girl, quote unquote? I don't know. My guess is she's going to be the Bond girl that's around for like 10 minutes. I don't think she's going to have a lot of screen time. Mm. Uh, it's just because from the trailers, she's in all the trailers. They're really like promoting her heavily in the trailers. Um, but you see her in like, it's all the same scene and she's all in the same dress and then you never see her in any other scene. So I'm thinking it's gonna, it's like that one Bond girl that he teams up with for a mission or whatever and then she gets killed or just exits. We get Felix Leiter. He's back. That's good. Excited about that. This guy's the best Felix in any of the movies. I completely agree. He's great. Um, okay. Daniel Craig personally handpicked Anna Darmus to play Paloma in this Bond movie. Yeah. She's got to be. I mean, he probably wants to get in bed with her, and well, they're in, they were in they were in Knives Out together too around the yes. time. Yeah, so I mean, um, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it if she was the Bond girl. Well, me neither. She's gorgeous. Yeah, I, but, I would I would if I had my druthers, I would like him and Madeline Swan to not be together through this whole film. It's I don't want Bond the love story. <laughs> when, part when we did the top Bond movies, 
we kept saying, oh, yeah, this girl's gorgeous. This girl's yeah. gorgeous. And Emma's like, you guys have said that like 16 times. Well, it's all true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's no, look. But all the Bond girls are obviously gorgeous. But They're all gorgeous. Are, are they good characters? Exactly. And the, and with Madeline Swan, at least in Spectre, it was a not great character. Right. Oh, this is troubling. Uh-oh. Reportedly, Daniel Craig is expected um, is expected to going to be dramatically cutting back on any dangerous stunt work in this film. Is this going to be a? Uh... Oh no, a view to a kill moment. <laughs> yeah, where we get egregious stunt we doubles. Clearly, no, it's not him. Well, we know he at least broke his ankle in this movie, so he was doing some. He was doing some stuff. Oh, I hope they don't do that. Oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> it's, it's a long movie too. There could be a lot of bad stunts. Uh, I'm just reading some random facts here, but um. Man, Craig's 14th year in the role. Yeah. Only Roger had a longer tenure, huh? Roger had a sh- more movies, but a shorter tenure. Roger, is that because of COVID? Uh, Daniel was... Well, hold on. Let me do the math here. I think I think Daniel was still going to be the longest Bond because he, was, he would have had 14 years and Roger did 73 to 85. Roger only did 12. So no, Daniel was going to be the longest run no matter what. See... The fact that this song's titled Shouldn't We Get to Know Each Other First makes Tells me think. <laughs> we know he's doing something in this film. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, Madeline is going to be his recurring bow in this or if something's going to happen. My, my prediction is she is not his. She is not the Bond girl of the movie. She might be the catalyst to get the story going. I wouldn't be surprised. I heard this like theory kicked around a, a long time ago, but that, um, that it would make more sense if they were broken up. If something happened to them right after they got together, it didn't work out, and they go their separate ways, and you know, four years later, they're they've, they're completely separated. That would make sense. Barbara Broccoli has said of this Bond movie, "It's not really a spoiler. We know this. Bond is not on active service when we start the film. He's enjoying himself while in Jamaica." Hey, oh, we kind of knew that. We, though. That's like in the that's in the description of the movie, though. That is the official description of the movie is like. Bond is retired and then is called back to fight a thing or whatever. Right. Yeah, which sounds hey, that sounds fun. Here's the here's the big uh the big question, the big prediction for the movie. Do we think James Bond will die? There's been a lot of talk about that. It wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. It really wouldn't. Yeah. Um and again, if they're doing that, then they're definitely rebooting from there. Well, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they do it because my guess is because they've made the Daniel Craig universe its own thing. They're going to want to do a hard reboot after this. My uh, my prediction is probably no. I think he probably makes it through. Or maybe we get, oh man, maybe we get another Batman ending where we get some ambiguous Dark Knight Rises thing where he's like, maybe <laughs> dead, but maybe not. Yeah. It's like it's like everybody thinks he's dead, but then you just see a vodka martini at the end, and then oh that's my it. God. I don't know. Oh, and it's just the back cute. of him, like vaguely. Yeah. You can't it's tell like, if it's him. It's like a vaguely blonde person. So I didn't know that uh, Carrie Fukunaga. How do you say? Fukunaga. Fukunaga replaced Danny Boyle as the director of this film. So that's worth talking about. The, this movie, before COVID, was already delayed, I think twice. Um, after Spectre, I think they announced in 2018 that Bond would be out in 2019, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, okay, so, and this is another reason why I don't think Bond will die in the movie, because apparently Danny Boyle left over creative differences, and at the time, the rumor was... That the creative differences were that he wanted to kill off James Bond in the movie, and Eon didn't want to do that, and that and that he had this kind of weird script idea where Bond spends like most of the time in captivity, and other people work around him. It was very strange. So the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, oh yeah, especially God. What is with these? Honestly, 
<laughs> the Daniel Craig era has been stuck in the Dark Knight era, which is weird because the last Dark Knight film was almost 10 years ago now. And they're not that relevant anymore. You know, it's so funny. When, when, when Skyfall first came out, I had that criticism. Yeah. I said, they're just trying to copy what the Dark Knight did. It was my first criticism, and it's still my criticism of the movie. And and it's, it's a valid criticism, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's okay to take inspiration from other things, but when you're straight up just like lifting the plot of something, it gets a little, yeah. it's a little weird. Um, where does it go? Okay, so do you think he's either going to kill him off or not? My guess is no. I would agree because I think the owners of this intellectual property have far too much respect for mm. this character. That's my thought too. They're not going to change him like to a woman or whatever. They're not going to kill him off. Uh, I think him walking away from uh, MI6 is like the most out of character thing they've done with the character. Yeah. But he's obviously coming back into the fold. So ultimately this... This is a franchise that is risk averse. They have essentially, with some tweaks, essentially been making the same movie with the same character for 60 years now. They, it, I, I, I would be very surprised if they take this huge dramatic leap and kill off James Bond. And, and we don't go to James Bond movies to see James Bond get killed. We go no. to James Bond movies to see James Bond save the day and yeah. get the girl and all that yeah. stuff. Ideally, I would like to see him end up at the end of the movie in a sex boat with... Anna de Armas or whoever. I don't care. I would prefer her over Madeline. Let's get sure. Madeline out of here early. Maybe maybe Lashana Lynch. Slide we don't know. The, okay, that works. Whatever, too. whatever. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. we can all agree we don't want to see him and Madeline together the whole movie. Sex I don't boat. want it's just yeah, yeah, we see we see James Bond on the love. In the middle of the, the ocean? Love. Yeah, in the middle of the ocean. He's in a little dinghy. And I think the, the ultimate way to end this would be for M to like use one of his satellites from Spectre. As they're zooming in on the action, and then the Queen of England's there going, Oh my word! Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh, Mr. Bond! Yeah. Yeah, uh, something like that. I mean, I, I, look, it's like any other movie. If it's really well done and it's, and it's, and it works, then, then great. But ultimately, I don't think we want to see James Bond die. I think we want to see him save the day and get the girl and retire peacefully, what and if, that can be it. What if we're totally wrong about the tone of this and like, this American actor is like, we need to get a J.W. Pepper in here. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that. And- <laughs> well, the thing is, we ultimately don't know much about this film. No. It's a two and it's a two hour and 40 minute movie. We've had four trailers, but they've all basically just been the same scenes re-edited together. Yeah. It's very possible that we think this movie is going to be one thing and it's going to be something just completely different. Yeah, it's going to be serious. We know that. I mean, all the Craigs have an element of seriousness to them, so I'd yeah. be shocked if... But, we, you know, we don't... We, 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 for a movie that's been done in the can locked away for two years the fact that there's been almost no leaks or spoilers yeah. is pretty insane i agree yeah so i'm look. i'm i mean obviously i'm looking forward to it i'm excited i don't know i don't know what they're going to do with it i don't think james bond dies but we, we talked about this uh briefly but let's let's bring it up one more time before we close up here okay where would you go with the franchise after this so the other day i, I thought they were going to do one of two things i think they're either going to jump right back into production and, 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 you know, give it, give it a little bit of time, obviously, you know, let the movie settle, give Daniel his respect, and then, you know, immediately jump back into it, get a new Bond, recast, start up again, get another movie out in, you know, a couple, two, three years, and try to get back on, on a rhythm. Or it's going to be like a while before we see another Bond film, like they're really going to put it to bed. But Barbara said the other day that they're going to start talking next year about the new, the new Bond. Well, that's only a few months away. 2022 is only a few months away. 
so I think they're going to get right back on the uh, right back on that horse and go. Now, where should the franchise go? Well, when Daniel took over, what was popular was dark, gritty. You know, the Dark Knight, Batman Begins, um, uh, Bourne movies. That's not what's popular now. People like Marvel. They like lighter, fun entertainment. Suicide Squad was kind of an example of that. Sure. Move in that lighter direction. I think they take it and they do the reverse of what they normally do. Normally when they reboot, they go back to darker, grittier Fleming. I think you're going to see them go maybe more towards lighter, fun, more fantastical James Bond. I don't know how old Henry Cavill is. He's the perfect age. He's like 37 years old, 38 for, years for old. For me, you cannot find a better guy to fill this role. He, he, To me, when I read, like, and I've read very little of the Fleming books, but when I think about the character, he comes to mind. Um, especially he can fit in a suit well. He's big. He, you know, he's got, he is fucking British. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got all those characteristics. I think he would be fantastic in the role. And what I would do, and this is just my own personal opinion... I would go back to the beginning with this. Dr. No came out in the 60s. Go back to Dr. No, mm. but put a modern day spin on Dr. No and go from there. But I would I would go more in um, the order of the books or, or closer to that, but obviously add your own twist. You can't translate Fleming's writings into today. You no, just can't you do to, it. You have to modernize. They're very dated. But they can modernize it. Of course. Um, um, they can... Throw their own little spins in there. Make it fun again, but I would say just my own personal taste, not Roger fun. No. That's too fun for my taste. But but Connery, to me, is like the perfect mix. Mm-hmm. Like, I think probably with you, like the Timothy Dalton films are a little too serious. Yeah, I like them, but they're not my idea of a, of a great time Except for either. the Winking Fish. Well, well of course. The, you know, it's a damn classic. I mean, li- like, I love License to Kill. But do I want to watch it all the time? Sure. No. Do I want to watch Goldfinger all the time? Pretty much, yeah. But I think that's the Connery's films strike that perfect balance of... They do. There's some serious shit going on, but then there's also some fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Pierce has that formula, but those movies aren't as good. Well, Pierce... I would say... I could see a Pierce... I could see the tone of the Pierce movies being updated for the 2020s now with better writing, hopefully. Sure. Because the Pierce movies, no, they weren't that good. Gold, sure. GoldenEye's a classic and everything else is kind of... Oh, yeah. Ranges from okay to terrible. And it really terrible. shits the bed at it the really end. It really shits the bed at the end. Um, uh, so, I, I can, look, I'm 100% with you on Henry Cavill and he was the runner-up to Daniel Craig for Casino Royale. It would not be the first time that the They Bond, always do that. They always do that. They always do that thing where they're like, oh, well, we wanted Timothy Dalton, but he was only 23 at the time, and now yeah. he's the right age. And, oh, we wanted Pierce in 84, but we couldn't get him, so we're going to get him in 95. Yeah. And it would not be the first time they did that where they go back to that well. And honestly, I don't get the sense that he wants to be Superman anymore. I know he's doing The Witcher, but he could do that and do Bond at the same oh, time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I 100% agree. Henry Cavill, he would be perfect. Um, and, and, yeah, a fun... I... Get rid of the shared universe. Everything connects. Don't do that again. Don't don't yeah. don't go there anymore. Go back to making good, fun Bond films where you occasionally throw in some serious Fleming stuff, but then you have the funny stuff too. Henry Cavill can do both. They can even, I mean, carry on Money Penny and um, Ralph Fiennes over if they wanted. I'd recast Money Penny. Yeah. Personally, well, it's also become the tradition that the Money Penny leaves with that actor yeah lois maxwell stayed forever but then timothy dalton had his pierce had his now daniel had his um i like her in the role but she just i don't know 
I f- like you like you said, maybe that's why because I'm kind of following that tradition. Sure, that's been the thing for a while now. I'd like Ray Fiennes to stay on just because he's a great M, dude. He's a great M, and also he can he's gonna get older and a little like crustier around and the more edges Emmy. and more Emmy. He's gonna get more Emmy as he gets older. Do you recast Q? Um, you know what? I don't care. I I've never been like super attached to Ben Wishaw. Um, here's here's the thing. There's gonna be some gender bending somewhere in this. It just oh, has to happen. That's why not gender one. bend that? Why well, be fine? That'd be fine. Yeah, that would make it, no problem with that. Dude. That'd make no difference. So you know, but I, I'm just picturing like going back to some of these classic tales. Um, you know, with the movies, maybe adding a couple of components from the book that didn't make it into the movies, and then adding a 2023 spin on it or whatever the sure. fuck we're gonna. Yeah. Whenever we're gonna get something like this. Maybe twenty four, probably realistically. Realistically, these things take two to three years to produce. Right. Now. That's. Right. I mean, that's just the, that's the production schedule for every movie. It, yeah. it just these movies are big now. Yeah. They take longer to make. What if we had Money Penny become a man, and Q becomes a woman? Bond sexually too. harasses Q now, and she uses a different gadget in every movie to like get him off of her. That would be great. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> that'd be a great gag. Yeah, man. that'd be a good gag. You know, <laughs> she uses like the ejector seat to get rid of him. Or whatever. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I'd be. That's the right amount of whimsical for me. Yeah, I'm gonna email Ian. We don't need tonight. a JW Pepper, but no, <laughs> a little bit of fun. Roger. But the other thing too is that Roger Moore fun was, it was so 1970s. Like in the 1970s, sure. that is what that is what people wanted. And the, to, to your point, when we talked about this originally, they did have to make quite the departure from Connery. They wanted to be right. different, and yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um. Live and Let Die though is the second book in the franchise, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that would be just insane to like. Well, it actually starts with Casino Royale, so that's kind of the problem. That's the problem there. They didn't have any. Well, and there was no it's, there was no rhyme or reason to it when they first did it. It was just like, what do you want to do? Well, what what are we talking about though? Casino Royale is over ten years old, right? Uh, it's two thousand six. Fifteen years old at this point. Okay, so fuck it. Reboot. Just, just do that. Yeah. <laughs> Reboot it. You know, throw your own spin on it. Whatever it's gonna be. Yeah. But that's the problem too, is because that was very. It was pretty it was close very, to the book, it right? It was very close to the book. The thing is, though, you can take – you don't have to, like, remake Casino Royale. But you can go back to the books and say, well, let's take these ideas. Yeah. Because there's still a lot of ideas that are in the books that have not been used in the films. Like, the Moonraker book is has never been used. It's a completely different plot from the from the movie. You could go remake that. Don't You don't call it Moonraker, but you, you call it something else, but it's the same idea. What I like about the books, though, is there's a, there's a continuity to it. Yeah. Um, and there's character progression because – he loses Vesper, you know, then Majesties is fairly early on, right? Majesties is a little bit. It was like in the middle of the okay. series, yeah. And then he loses her, yeah. and then, you know, he has consequences mm-hmm. from these events, right? Yeah, well, he gets he gets in the books, he gets... Because he actually... Bond in the books, Daniel Craig's character is similar to Bond in the books in that Book Bond, like, falls in love a lot. Not just one night stands, but, like, legit falls for these women. Yeah. Uh, like, often. And that's kind of a Daniel thing, too. So they're clearly taking that from the books. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, he gets his heart broken so much. And then over the books, he does get kind of like colder and colder and colder because he's just seen all this death. He's sick of his life. He thinks he's going to die young. The books are, they're, they're silly in parts, but they're also very dark. His psyche is really dark. You know, and the, another thing I'm thinking too is, um, say you're only going to have Henry Cavill for four or five films. Mm-hmm. Maybe you take elements from the books and, and put them into one movie. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like maybe... There's a part of Casino Royale that makes it into this first movie, and then you go into Live and Let Die or, or something to yeah. that effect. You can do a fucking flashback scene. I don't know, dude. I'm just saying. 
you know, you can take the ideas and you can you can turn them into something that's modern. Absolutely, using the source material. Like going back to Fleming is never a bad idea because it's where everything started. And you can call the movie something different. Yeah. Um, because I don't think. Well, there's two Casino Royale. Well, actually, the first Casino Royale was a farce. It was right? a spoof. It wasn't yeah. part of the series. Right. I don't think you would ever want to do like, oh, we're remaking Thunderball. Like Th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you, you don't want to make do that. it something different, right? right? Uh, call it whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah. You I mean, know. really, they've remade Goldfinger like three times now. Like, they've done the Goldfinger <laughs> plot a million times. Um, but that's my point is, like, you kind of go back to that to an extent, mm-hmm. throw your own spin on it. I don't know. That's that's what I would like to see from it. Yeah. You would like to see a more fun tone. I think we're both in agreement there. Well, I, I don't... I'm, I'm sick of... I'm sick of dark, brooding, gritty, brooding, yeah. gritty. Like I don't, I don't necessarily necessarily need to see Bond in a clown suit ever again or swinging from a vine. <laughs> like that's too silly. But yeah, like you know, I was watching, I watched um, From Russia with Love the other day, and that's a pretty serious Bond film. But Sean is still having a blast in it, oh, and you 100%. can tell it's still light and fun and weird, and and that's kind of the tone that the Goldfinger Thunderball tone is what I'd like to see again. Well, see, one of the problems I have with From Russia with Love is the gypsy scene, and that's one of the funnest scenes in the whole. It's movie. one of the weirdest. It's whimsical. Movies. It's very whimsical. It's, yeah. it's it's very like, what is going on here? Yeah, absolutely. And the whole time Sean just has his look on his face. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just. I mean, I'd love to see the tone of like a a Goldfinger, Thunderball, Goldeneye, that sort of yeah. tone yeah. where it's 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 serious enough. We're doing real stories, but it's not Bond himself is not a dark, brooding Bruce Wayne type character. I'm yeah. sick of that, and I, I think most people are too. I think most of the fans are like, we're, we're, we're done with this now. Yeah. Move on. Um, yeah, it's, that's, yeah, that's where I, that's where I think they go. That's where I hope they go. Well, No Time to Die comes out here in the uh, good old US of A in two weeks as of this recording. Or it's actually a little over a week now. A little over a week, Next yeah. Next weekend. So we're going to go, Matt's probably going before I am, but we're, he's going to go check it out with me again. Um, we may have Lewis on for that pod. I, I, I think so. He's going to probably go check it out with us. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, and we'll, we'll give you our thoughts on, on the show. I'm either going to be in a very good mood or a very bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this, brother. Thank you.